Hello and welcome to The Swim Brief. I'm Chris DeSantis, and as I previewed last week, I'm here with Nikki Kett. Nikki, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me back. I was going to say it's, it's nice to meet you again, because last time we <laughs> did this, we were totally different people. So <laughs> I know. I was going to suggest to anybody who's listening to this podcast, like, really for an experience, you should listen. I haven't done this, but you should listen to Nikki and I when we recorded a podcast, because I think it was about a year ago. It was somewhere right around a year ago, maybe a little little more, a little less. But like, I think you're going to hear a difference. Yeah. <laughs> In both of us. October 22 <laughs> to now, I'm like, I don't even know who that person was. So. Right, right. It's, it's going to be a wild thing. And um, just as a way of introducing you, um, I'm going to let you give your bio a little bit in a second. I'll I'll say my piece of it. Um, Nikki and I met, I guess for the first time, really, we sort of kind of sort of met in our way, way previous lives as uh, swim coaches. Um, when I visited Penn uh, and our old boss, uh, Mike Schnur, to um, <laughs> try to beg my way back into a job. By the way, I saw Mike uh, in December, and I'm pretty sure, Nikki, he just pretended he for, like he forgot who I was. Like he would not acknowledge me. I, I said tried to say hello to him and he was just blank face. So I guess I did it. I I said enough to uh I said enough truth about him that he doesn't want anything to do with me anymore. But um That's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your absolution of me. Um but but just because I want, you know because it, it's been, as you said, October, it's been 15 months. Give people an idea of who you are, what you do, before we launch into our weird conversation about all sorts yeah. of things. Because I want, want people to know that. Yeah, well, I think as you can relate, it's been a journey. So I really got into coaching because I just loved helping people transform and develop. So I, after college, went into collegiate coaching coached at every level, got to the highest level. I was like, this is not, this is not it. This does not feel the way that I want to be sharing myself and my gifts. So I started my own business and um, started working with a lot of athletes, but I would say have just had my own awakening process within that of clearing out what is not really me and So I think with all of this work, it's just moving beyond my own limitations, not from force, hustle, and push, but like actually who am I and what wants to be expressed through me. And so now just working with more entrepreneurs to bring like what's what's on your heart, what's true to the life you want, the desires you want to create, and bringing that through because I think... We just get to have it all. And sometimes we don't even know what that is when we're first starting. It just kind of evolves and expands with us. And we get, yeah, it's like creating more and more, not from lack, but from like, this is actually what's possible and the power that I hold. So that's been the journey (laughs) in a one minute summary of my life. (laughs) Yeah. And I... Uh, so I I previewed him in, in my podcast. So like one of the reasons why I brought you on here, and I we were even we, we got started talking about it before we were recording, and then we were like, okay, we got to just like get this on the podcast and 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 get it moving. Um, you know, I I recorded a podcast just before Christmas where I told the audience like I've just had like a major breakthrough in life, and I'm going to try to explain to you how I did it. Because I think that'd be really valuable for people. Um, I don't want it to take people as long as it took me or um, necessarily like have it be all the steps that that I took. But I, I want to do my best to share with people, you know, some of the insights from it. And um, I mean, one of those things is you don't get to like a big breakthrough point in your life by yourself. I just want everybody to understand that piece of it. Um, and I think I always understood that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I hired you last year is when I was when I was starting my business again, because I was like, this is really going to help me um, to intentionally set up what I'm doing in a different way, right? Rather than just going into it 
entrepreneurship, solopreneurship, basically, you know, all by myself, um, rather than going into it all by myself, go into it and like intentionally create an environment around myself um, that was going to be different. But I want to go all the way back to the beginning of you coaching me because I want to get into some of the insights that I've taken away from working with you. Okay. Um, but before we do that, do you remember how I almost quit right at the beginning? Yeah. And I think that's like, it is very normal. Like when anytime we quantum leap or like we step into that next level, it's almost like our ego just wants to challenge and maintain like our current level of self. So all of the thoughts of like, Oh shit, like what am I doing? This doesn't make sense. Like that. It's almost like we have to walk ourselves through that at at every single level. So I do remember (laughs) you're like, I don't know about this. (laughs) Like, right. I got you. It's okay. And yeah, I think as like, as you were saying, we want to hire mentors who have like already walked through what we're walking through and have that perspective and they can hold that for us. Um, And it's like, we're not actually, when we work with someone, we're not buying more information. Like we don't need more information. We actually need embodied wisdom, like people that, that have been through it. It's not like a certification. It's actually like, Hey, I've moved myself through this and let me share that with you so that you don't have to take a year trying to figure it out on your own. And we can just like clean things up a lot quicker. So. Yeah. I mean, and like to me, it it speaks to the value of coaching. And it's so interesting that like, there are um, a lot of people out there, I mean, who, and I, a lot of them are, are my friends because I'm in the coaching world. And when I say the coaching world, I mean both what we do and people that coach sports teams and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, like that they, they say nominally they believe in coaching, but then except for themselves, they don't need coaching. They do the coaching, but like, But it's such a weird contradiction to me, actually. Um, And once I got past it, I was like, oh, yeah, well, actually, it's quite hypocritical for me to say, like, what's super valuable that I provide coaching to other people, but um, but not I don't need any or like that. It wouldn't help me to, 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 to get any coaching. It has helped me a shit ton. That's my one shit for the podcast. I just did two um, <laughs> to get some coaching. And, and uh, you know, I tell people who listen to this, I say, don't, don't let me tell you what I think you should do. I'll tell you what I did or what I would do in your situation. Like I t- watch for me actually walking my walk. So when I tell people like, hey, coaching can really help with that. That's because it's helped me with that, right? It's not, it's not because I'm just like making it up that it's a prescription for other people. I know it works because I did it, right? And I think you have the same um, attitude. Yeah, I think that we, when we're on that plate, that edge of like, do I invest in coaching or support? I think it's important that each person really makes that decision for themselves. And it's like, we can keep teaching these things, but then it's like, you have to be the person that walks yourself through that decision. And I think there is, you know, in what we do and in the sports world where we hire coaches from a place of need almost where it's like, oh, if I hire this coach, like they're going to give me all the answers or they're going to do the work for me. And it's like, that's not the most empowered place to be investing in coaching from. Like we want to be able to know when we're ready to make that investment and, and know when the people we work with are ready to do it. They just, they may have some fears and that's normal, but yeah, there can be a place where it's like, we're telling someone what to do and that's actually disempowering people from working through those own, their own limitations and, yeah, I think for each person, like there is that divine timing of like when I'm just ready. Like I know I'm ready. There's a little bit of fear and I'm choosing to make this decision for me. Yeah. 
All right, I'm going to work my way through. I got four themes that I wrote down that have continued to resonate with me from, from the work that we did together. And I want to talk a little bit about how I experienced them and, of course, give you a chance to talk about them because um, it's been a minute, too, so I think um, we're both in the constant process of changing. So you may have some um, new ways you look at some pieces of this. And when we get to the end of it, um, I will bring up a couple things that are, uh, we can file them under either I still don't get it or I don't agree or whatever. I think we can have a good conversation around them (laughs) because, um, I don't know, I'm feeling like our, both of our energy is so like assertively good at the moment, um, that, uh, we can we we can we can disagree on a podcast, which I know is is hard to do sometimes um, in this format. But okay, let's get to some of the insights first. Number one thing that um, that you did with me that I think I will carry forward um, until I come up with a better idea. <laughs> but um, and it's so simple. But you coached me to sit down and do goal setting for myself. And I wonder how many coaches, because once you did this with me, especially not even with people that I'm coaching, with just friends of mine, right, that are coaches, I'm like, so what's your goal setting look like for yourself? And how often did I get the response? Like the one that I gave to you where, where I was like, uh, well, uh, mm, uh, actually, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what my goals are. And <clears throat> once I did it, I realized, um, that, you know, it was a thing that I was, I think, resisting for the same reason that honestly, even like a lot of athletes that I talked to, I just talked to a group of athletes where they were like, well, I, I don't like to give like time goals for what I'm doing, you know, cause I was like, well, if I put this down on paper and then I don't achieve it and then I will feel bad, I can't deal with that. So like, I just won't set a goal for myself instead of first off, once I put something down on a piece of paper and I achieved it, I actually f- felt good, <laughs> right? And, and I, and I, and I think so many people like they resist putting it down. And then when they, when they make achievements and you talk about this all the time, they like deny themselves the joy of achieving anything because they haven't set it as a, as a marker that they would consider like progress along the way. So they, they do the thing that most people do, which is they achieve something and then they're just like, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? Like, and no joy, no celebration, no, like, no sense of what's going on, um, with you as anything. But even beyond that, we did some stuff and I just did my goal setting for 2024 business wise. And I set two goals. I said, what would be good enough for me? Right. And then, then I shot for the moon. I was like, what do I think I'm actually capable of? Like if I just nail it in 2024, like what's coming in 2024, if I hit on everything that I hit and I do so knowing that, will I be disappointed if I don't hit everything that I think I'm capable of? Of course, but that'll help me too, to, to, to get to, to get to whatever I want in the future. Like it's not going to be devastating. It's not going to be the end of the world, Right. So, all right, I've monologued on goal setting for a little while. I'm going to let you respond. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts about this. I think it's from it's looking at our relationship with the goal. And usually when we're coming from this place of like, it's really just emotional avoidance. Like we don't want to set the goal because if we don't hit it, then it's like what we're going to do to ourselves in the, in the not hitting of that goal. And that's, you know, the, I'm not good enough or I'm a piece of shit or I'm a failure. It's like all of that, that we don't want to set a goal. And I think 
now in my life, it's like moving from a deep, just vision. And so seeing that goals, goals are really a place to come from. They're a place to come from, not a place to get to. And, you know, the work that I do and that we did is it's much more about the embodiment of like, who am I being? How do I want to feel as I reach this goal? And I think a lot of times we're looking at our goals from this place of fear. It's like, I have to hit this goal to prove that I'm enough. And then we're going about it from this cycle of like, well, I'm not good enough now. So I have to almost just do everything out of alignment. Like everything we're doing is from this not enough energy, which doesn't feel fun um, or good to anyone. And if you're a leader, like that's the environment that you're creating is like, you're, I'm not enough. You're not enough. This isn't enough. So let's just be miserable in the process of trying to get something that is enough, which inherently in that it will never be enough because that's the programming that's the wiring, that's who we're being in the journey. And so shifting to, we can use goals as like, for me, it's this expansive thing of like, who am I as, we'll do a business example, but $500,000 me, like, right. instead of making that fearful, like that, that expands me into like, who do I need to be? What aspects of myself, like what thoughts, feelings, vibrations, like what do I actually need to let go of? It's like this old consciousness, this old version of myself that cannot come with me. <laughs> if, I am com- if I'm creating a 500K year, I have to clear up those energies when, when they come up within me that says, this isn't good enough, you're not good enough, like all of that doubt and fear, that's just something to look at and ask like, is this actually an alignment of the vision and the desire and true, true goals from a place of empowerment aren't, it's not an addiction feeling. It's not an excitement feeling. It's actually a deep inner knowing, like a soul knowing of like, this is what I'm fucking here for. This is what I'm creating. Like, this is what I, I get super like into the, the soul work. Like this is what my soul is yeah. here to bring to the planet. And like, how do I move beyond my limitations in order to like bring that in through me into form in, in life? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and, and, and as I'm listening to you say that, I mean, I, I think about like the, some of the language you're, you're, you're contrasting there. Like, it is almost impossible to enjoy doing something if you think you have to do it. So when you set it up and you, you can set it up for yourself that like, here's my goal and then I have to do it. Well, then it's going to be a grind. <laughs> if you have to do it and you, and you have to, um, I think another thing you talk about a lot is you have to deny all these parts, essential parts of yourself you know, like, well, I just need to live, you know, I just need to like cut myself off from X and Y and Z and, and not let myself do all these things. And then I will be successful. Doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. Um, and I think the final point I would, I would make on it is whether or not you put goals down on a page, they're there. Like, so it's either you can have them floating around free form constantly changing, constantly moving the, the yardstick for you in your mind, which is just a recipe for absolute like anxiety and chaos. Or you can put something down on a freaking page and like set, set, set points, right? It is infinitely like, it is actually infinitely like peaceful to, to actually just say like, here is my goal and I'm going to deal with whatever comes next versus like, oh no, I don't know. Like I can't, I couldn't possibly put it down. Um, you yeah. actually cut yourself off from enjoying the process of getting there by not defining where you want to get to. Yeah. And I think, you know, I do think it is different for each person, but I think it's important to, again, look at your relationship with the goal. When we set it, it's like, what does that bring up within us? Sometimes when we set a goal that's like 
right above what we've already done, like that can bring up fear. So I just, I, I think, you know, having like this would be enough, but like this, this just freaking expands the crap out of me. Like have, yeah. and that can be a vision of like, what do we want to bring through or a business goal? Just, it's really like an energy. It's a, it's a feeling. It should, it feels like you're playing on the edge. You're playing on the edge of the universe. You're playing on the edge of like, this is like, I could fall off the edge. I could fall into this dark hole. It's like the unknown, the uncertainty. I don't know what that looks like, but am I willing to play there? Am I willing to just be on the edge and actually open up to like, what is, what is possible when I get out of my own way? And so sometimes I think, yeah, just having that stretch goal that expands us can be really helpful to kind of get us out. It's like resetting our, our system, like resetting our programming. It's like, well, I just did a hundred K year. So I don't want to set another goal at a hundred K. I want to set a goal at 500 K just to really expand and like open up to the differences in that embodiment and who I would need to be. And there's no fear when I think about 500 K cause it's just, it just opens us up energetically. Yeah. Um, and I think we're going to get to another point that you have around your relationship to the goal. Cause you changed my relationship to, to one very specific goal. I mean, business goal, um, around, um, uh, around money. And I, and I think you talk about that a lot as well. We want to get to that in a second. Um, but first, and this is sort of related to, you know, primarily, and actually don't, don't tell me if you coach any other men, cause I like to pretend I'm the lone unicorn male <laughs> coaching client of Nikki cat coaching. Like if you look at your marketing, you know, like I, I have joked a couple times in comments on your posts cause you know, like you, you do a good job in social media, like speaking to, you know, who the, the typical like person that you serve really well is. And so sometimes in the message, it'll be like, are you a woman who's just like operating out of a place of need and like, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, and, and one man <laughs> who was in that place. Um, but I think that I say that as a lead into the topic, because I think another thing that you helped me with that, um, I gosh, like it, 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 this is so valuable for men, right? Um, and, and that is, um, I think I had always had a perception that I was a sensitive person, that I was a pretty, um, emotional person, but, but getting to the level of really like somatically experiencing my emotions as, as I think you kept putting it like actually allowing your emotional state to pass through you. That was something I didn't understand. And quite honestly, I don't think I got to the level of understanding that I have now while we were coaching. That's something that was part of this most recent breakthrough that I have was like, I was like, Oh, that's what she was talking about. Like, that's what it feels like to actually, like, experience your emotions. That was a giant part. So I'm going to let you talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And I think this is one of the, you know, we you, you texted me with this big breakthrough. And I do think that it is a spiral. It's like being safe to feel in our bodies is a deepening, like the, it's a continued spiral of work. And so I think this idea of like, oh, I'm getting there. Like I can get to this place where like, I'm totally done is, it's just not what happens. Um, and really what's happening on our planet right now is we are moving from this patriarchal system, very masculine systems in, into the feminine and so whether you're male or female, I, I think I just end up working with very empathetic souls, right? And within that, we have a lot of protection over our heart because it's been, if you're, if you're an empath, if you're, if you're bringing in more sensitivity to the world, like our entire lives, we've been told like, shut up, keep that shit in, you know, um, all of the ways that 
we haven't really seen ourselves. I, I had a session last week just seeing myself as a kid, like wanting to sing and dance and play and express and just the deep sadness that I had to actually process. You know, it's still coming up the layers of that of like, oh my gosh, like I never got to do that as a child. I was never seen in in the truth of who I am. And I think that's the shift we're going through right now. And so it's the rise of the feminine and everybody has feminine and masculine energy. It's not about gender, but it's, it's just an energy. Like the feminine is the flow. And because we've been so afraid of our emotions, what do we do with this flow? we stuff it down. So we're like energetically blocked and, you know, we have seven different chakras. Like we can hold different energies in different chakras, like our, our root chakra and our sacral chakras, like really this place of safety. And then the second layer is, is creativity and, and let it, it's kind of like our sexual energy is our creativity and our expression. But when we're so unsafe in ourselves, like those are the two biggest chakras that get blocked. And so the more that we can just open up to letting this emotion move through and realize like it's actually for us, like every trigger that we have is just energy that's coming up to be released and to be cleared. It's like any thought that we have that doesn't feel good, the stories we're telling ourselves about how we're not good enough, like anything that doesn't feel good, it's not actually the truth of who you are because who you are is naturally abundant, um, naturally has gifts to share. And so it's just all of these things that have been suppressed within the energies when we can like let that move through, we can come back to the present moment and actually live in present because we're not in the mind trying to it's like what the mind does to try to keep us safe. We're like projecting right. the future. We're taking the past. And so the more we just feel safe to feel it, the more we come back to present and the present moment, like in presence is actually where you meet your true self. Like there's no, there's not all of this stuff that's happening. So yeah, it is a deepening and it's, it's really our nervous system capacity to feel safe in the present moment and to realize when we're not feeling safe, that's, it's an opportunity to feel it and then to gain the wisdom that's on the other side of feeling it when we're not, when we don't have a mental label about like, I'm feeling sad and let me like go into why I'm feeling sad. Like you can just feel sad and move through it. And then on the other side is probably what you were experiencing. You're like, oh, I fucking get it now. Like I get what that sadness was trying to show me. Yeah. I mean, this experience that I've just had, I mean, when I described it on the podcast, actually, if I do the lead up into it, you know, it's Thanksgiving. I, I saw my dad and I had this interaction with him. You you know, people don't, I'm not going to repeat the whole story, but like I had an interaction with him that left me really, really upset. I called him the next day on the phone. I was sobbing. Um, I had this big emotional moment and then I felt terrible for about, I don't know, 10 days, two weeks. Like I just felt awful pretty much every day. And the insight I have coming out of it is, you know, and I sort of always knew this, but like I've just had it reconfirmed that feeling of awfulness. If you just like, let it be, that's when the exponential growth is right on the other side. It's right on the other side. So like, just, it's okay. (laughs) It's okay to experience it. And actually, as you say, like if you block yourself off from it, you actually block yourself off from the big growth on the other side too, right? And um, so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's such a tremendous insight because I think I, there, there's so many people that are trying so hard, right. To avoid feeling bad and really, um, feeling bad is the path to growth. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in its well, own it's way. Attachment to like we could go back into that experience with your dad, but it's what happens when we resist it and it's stuck in the body. And then with any parent, 
it's like what we try to do from that resistance. Like now I need my dad to be a certain way. I need the situation or circumstance to fix itself so that I can feel safe. And then it's like our safety is now again attached to that external versus I can just hold this for myself. Like I can become the parent or the dad or the person that never saw me, whatever I'm looking to feel like I can actually create that for myself and I can just feel it. Yeah. Right. Um, Okay. One more thing that uh, I, I want to credit you with um, and then we'll get to the belief thing. Sorry. I have two more things. Um, (laughs) You taught me, you taught me, you opened me up to meditation for the first time in my life. And I've been telling this story, by the way, when I've been out on the road um, and doing my thing and speaking with teams and uh, talking to coaches and stuff, I, p- people, people will be familiar with this story, but um, I just want to retell it for this audience. Like I, it was so funny. So you, you, um, you turned me on to this meditation app and it had some free, ones you could do. And I eventually ended up buying the whole, uh, whole, whole package. Um, cause I liked it so much. Uh, and you know, you were like, just, I think as, as I recall it, like you were like, just try it, you know, and you gave me like a little bit of prep and I went in and did it. And, you know, like I lay down and I, like I made it all dark and, 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 you know, peaceful in my room. And I remember laying down to do it, um, to meditate and, you know, the music and the guidance, started and coming through and you know as usual it quote didn't work because um you know I didn't find inner peace in the first 20 minutes that I uh that I meditated and I remember I came back to you and I was like yeah I mean I tried it again Nikki but like it doesn't work so you know obviously you you just don't understand me like everybody else like meditation doesn't work and you you ask a couple more questions and you're just like okay so like you know Tell me about the whole, and I was like, yeah, well, there was like, you know, 30 seconds where I pictured myself like at the end of my career and it was just so beautiful. It was like staring at heaven and like, and you were like, what? (laughs) You're like, so you're saying like, you had this incredible moment and then, but all you want to focus on is the fact that like, you didn't, you weren't like the best at meditating the first time you tried. And I was like. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed. Um, and, and I've been using it ever since. Um, and it's incredible. Um, the kinds of, I think it's like, I think part of, part of even what scared me before was like, oh, this will be another routine you have to maintain. Like, first off, I look forward to doing it. So it's not hard for me to maintain as a habit because it's great. And I also feel like I don't feel that compulsion or need to do it because the, the benefits I get from meditation, they feel like eternal. It feels like all the meditation I've already done, I can carry that with me for the rest of my life if I never do it one more day. And so like, but would be nice to just do some more. Yeah. And that's crazy. Yeah, it does. It just goes back to this idea that everything is a deepening and a spiral. And I think it's like once we've gotten to a certain level, I see everything in energy and frequency. Like we've gotten to this certain frequency, like we are that now. And there aren't, it doesn't mean there aren't going to be moments where we go through some stuff. Like we have challenges or even for me, like going through the holidays and seeing where I wasn't like in my meditation practice, just experiencing the contrast of that. Like it's all, it's all learning or, or when I'm like super scattered because I'm, I have, I feel overwhelmed and then I'm not, I'm like not present with my meditation and seeing that like, Oh, I'm actually creating this. And it, it's like, okay, I have to come back to that presence. So yeah, just these practices, their practices, um, they're, with anything, we have this instant gratification mentality. And I think even in the coaching industry, not in sports, but in, in the life coaching industry, I think there 
are people that give claims that, again, like, I can get you to this place where everything's going to be amazing and magical and perfect and create that illusion. And it's like, no, these are, I'm, I'm, we're giving people tools to move through the challenges and to deepen into like the self-trust and the belief that we have for when I'm out of an alignment or things feel hard, do I trust myself? Do I know what tools are in my toolbox? And, um, yeah, it's just always, always that deepening. Yeah. And to me, it's like, do you want to make progress just by yourself alone at whatever pace, or do you want to, do you want to deepen faster? (laughs) Like when you, when you, when you involve another person's mind, like it just helps you make progress faster. That's, because we can't see our own brain stuff. Right. 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 <laughs> like, right. oh, I didn't know I was doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I had always kept all my thoughts about meditation in my own head and therefore was like, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. And in reality, it was working. I was not giving it even a chance to do anything else. Um or sort of allowing it to grow. All right, so I want to get into the last point because it relates to the stuff with my dad. So it'll be a good, you, you uh, hinted at maybe wanting to revisit that. And I, I think it'll be a good good chance to do that. Um, and, and it goes back to goal setting as well. One thing I did not realize before I started working with you, and I, I think um, for any prospective uh, uh, entrepreneurial Nikki Kett, clients this is a this is a big one okay i did not realize that i thought that making a lot of money was bad hmm. <laughs> like and um it went to a really deep level i mean one of the things i talked about so um my mom died seven years ago uh, my dad has uh remarried my dad is a lifelong workaholic like He's 77 here in March. Um, he's unretired. He works every day uh, except for two weekend days every month. And he essentially has two full-time jobs. And so, um, you know, part of what I was responding to over Thanksgiving was a feeling of it kind of dawned on me that um, he, he had remarried and he was starting to spend time, more time with his um, new sort of step family. And I got really upset about it because I was like, well, what about me? <laughs> this whole time I've been waiting, like me, like, et cetera. Um, and yes, I've gotten to a place where like, I don't, I don't need him. I don't need him to get around to, to me. Um, but also, you know, it went back well before that realizing that, you know, he's, a because of, um, the work that he's done and how hard he's worked, he's been very financially successful. And there was a part of me that said, oh, if I become financially successful, I will, the only path to doing that will be becoming, you know, like an unpresent person in my relationship with my wife, in my relationship with my two kids. And like, I, I can't have that. And I think working with you was where I started to unravel to go. It, it doesn't just because you are successful in what you do doesn't mean you compromise all the things that you value. You can keep both of those things. Like you can have both of those things at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, our our relationship with money is like the deepest relationship because it brings up all of those stories. And, you know, working with a lot of entrepreneurs, I can even think in the last week where it's like I, the fear of if I get money, then I'm going to lose money because it wasn't safe as a child or this was the pattern that I experienced or... Um, yeah, having a parent that wasn't present, made a lot of money or wasn't present. It's like whatever our money story is, whether we had a ton of money, like for, for my family, 
growing up very wealthy, like money was control. And so it's like sometimes accepting money. I had this underlying entanglement with like guilt that now I like owed someone something. And that would hold me back from being able to freely receive money because those emotions in our body, like those are the subconscious patterns, it doesn't feel good. So your subconscious is always going to give you really what you desire, what you want. And so if you have this entanglement with, yeah, money means hard work. Money means I have to sacrifice myself and my values. Like you're actually going to energetically block yourself from receiving that money until you can see that pattern, see the belief and clear it up and say, what do I want to believe about money? Like money gets to expand me. How, how can making more money actually allow me to be more present, right? I can hire out help in my business or I can have somebody for me. It's like, I can have someone in, in here and clean my house. (laughs) And like, eventually I can use money to like have somebody cook healthy meals for me. Like I don't want to spend all of my time doing that. So just reframing those things and really, again, it, it connects back to goals, but also a deeper vision for like, what do I actually desire to have? Like, I want to have a space where people can come in and I can create healing spaces and community spaces in, in, a, in my house, which is what led me, I believe, to buying this house. And then the month after I moved in, I had like all of this money and all of these clients kind of in flow because... I was really holding that vision of like, this is what I want to use the money for. And it feels good. It's like, it's a turn on in my body. It's like, I'm bringing in more money and now I have money to actually put towards desires instead of I want more money because I have to like protect myself. And when we're doing that, we will always have to like override or take an action out of alignment, like trying to force things. Um, instead of, yeah, when we just clear up those things and it's like, it's actually safe for me to have money and here's why I want that money and it feels good to, to receive it. So, and again, when you try to force things, it makes it almost impossible to enjoy what you're doing. Like it, you just can't like, I just, sometimes I ask people to imagine themselves like, like, you know, cause I'll work with, be working with like a, a college aged athlete or whatever. I'm going to like, you know, you're going to get a job someday. Um, imagine like, imagine having a boss that just says like, you have to do this or else you're fired and you don't get any money. And like, are you interested in working for that company? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, well that's the company you've set up for yourself. <laughs> You know, like you, you've set up your own system where it's like, well, we have to do this or else, you know, um, everything's screwed. Like it's, I mean, it just comes back to, you know, what I'm saying is like allowing each soul to express the way they want to. And, and for some people that means sport and, and their evolution as an athlete. And sometimes that means walking away from sport, um, but I had this moment the other um, the other night walking out of a, it was like an ecstatic dance event and I came outside and this guy was just rapping. He, he calls himself Fungi Flows and it was like conscious rap music. It was literally just flowing through him and all of a sudden there was a crowd of people like standing around like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like he's asking for three words and just turning it into like the most beautiful rap music. Like you could feel the energy coming off. Like you could feel the frequency. You could feel like this is what this person is, is meant to be doing. Um, and so like coming from that deeper place, like we all have a specific thing that we're meant to be doing. And if we didn't operate from the should, and we operated from like, this is on my heart. This is what I want to create. This is how I want to do it. Like, that's for you. And if everybody was just allowed to decide what that was, it's like, yeah, we'd probably have so many different conscious rap artists giving their <laughs> gifts, right, in their in their own unique way. But I think that is really the age that we're walking into of like, 
this individual like artistic expression that actually is in service to to other people um and we can look at sport in that way too like for me swimming was always like you know I got stuck at many points but it was like how can I be more of me like how can I bring myself to the team like my my energy and my expression and and sometimes that's yeah like just being a badass, but also being playful and having fun. Like when I brought that into swimming and I was just having fun and it's like, let's see what's freaking possible within who I am and how I want to do this. Like that is when I had the most success to the point where my coaches were like, how, how did you do that? Like how, how did my senior year, how did I finish third and fourth in NCAAs doing half of the training because I had a a body limitation. It's like, because I just knew it. I just trusted it. I actually had so much fun my senior year. Like I got to play. I was just in like the pool was just a creative expression for me. It wasn't like I have to do this. It was, I'm so grateful that I get to, um, and we can approach that in, in any platform, whether it's sport or our business endeavors. Yeah. And so that, that thing you bring up, even referencing in your own swimming and I'm, I'm in a period right now where I'm so excited because I have a a meet at the end of the month. And like, I, I think I'm going to absolutely rip the lid off this meet (laughs) on the 28th. Like it, it, I cannot wait. It's killing me. Like if I wish it was tomorrow, but um, I know it's coming when it comes. Uh, and I'm so excited, uh, for what's next, uh, even in my own swimming. Cause I just think like, again, the, it, the, the rules for everything have changed in me. And, um, I want to reinforce something you just said and use it as an opportunity to pivot to, I would say some of our, our differences. I've been reading this book that I've, that I've recommended, um, by, uh, to, to, to my audience by, um, this uh, sports exercise scientist, Alan Cousins. And there was a really like this chapter just came into my life at the right time. Um, And the guy was citing all sorts of uh, sports exercise research they did into essentially like your state of um, stress and then your response to training stimuli, right? And of course, they're using all sorts of like biological measures of like, are you stressed? But the, the, the conclusions coming out of it were, and I think it was like heart rate variability, and there may have been one other thing that was used in that. And I'm into, I'm into all that, right? Um, the conclusion that came out of it was essentially like if your state of physiological stress is high enough, no matter how hard you train, you will not get any benefit. Like you will not make any progress from the training. And yet, if you're in like if you're in the state to receive training, almost any amount of training will progress you, right? And this is like, like, like think about all the swimmers out there that are just like, I'm training so hard and I'm not making any progress, and this is not fair, and the world is not fair, and I must not be that talented. Like that was me, a hundred percent. And all of a sudden, I'm just realizing like the more I get my life in alignment. The more I can show up and train, look, I'm a dad (laughs) with my own business. Like I don't have as much time to train as I did when I was 20 years old, but I'm going to be faster than than when I was 20 years old because I'm getting more out of the training now. Um, And I guess so where I'll go to the difference is I think we we end up at some of the same conclusions, um, but we did joke about this quite a bit while you were coaching me, like my eyes do start to glaze over when you start talking to me about like the seven chakras and like the magnetism of the earth and all the other stuff. Like I I agree with the, whatever you're going to say after that, like, or before that, it's just that part, like I'm lost. And I wonder how much do you, you run into that in your coaching where you sense like people aren't really with me in terms of my explanation for why things are the way they are, but they do get to accepting like that is how things are. Yeah. Well, I think the first question I would ask is like, 
what is your discomfort around just opening up to that when I talk? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm open to it because, 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 because of the progress that I've made, like, I'm not, I don't like, I could be, I, I will say I, I'm like a recovering atheist is what, (laughs) is what I am. I mean, I grew up with, with no, with no religion. And I used to be one of those really committed atheist people who was like, can't you see like there's no scientific evidence of God existing and like et cetera et cetera and um i I've often cited on here my favorite author is a guy named uh Nassim Taleb. People probably know him best for black swan um and and books that nominally people would say are about finance, but really they're like philosophy books. And he was the first one who started me on my path to becoming a recovering atheist because essentially what he said to me was like, you can't be sure that God doesn't exist. Like you can't prove that he doesn't exist. You can't prove that these things, like no matter how far we advance with like our scientific knowledge of anything, we will never fully understand anything that's going on Yeah. ever. Yeah. So... Like, maybe, maybe there is a guy with a beard that's watching and, uh, you know, stirring all these world events. Maybe, yes, maybe the, I'm, 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 look, I'm open to the fact that, that, that maybe the earth, uh, is rotating in a different way and that's causing like, you know, me to be attracted to different things. I'm open to yeah. it. I just, I just don't fully believe it either. <laughs> Yeah. And I think that is, it's like redefine, I think, you know, this is probably a whole other podcast, but like even our relationship. I love to start topics that are a whole nother podcast, right? As we're wrapping up. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But just this connection with like whatever we call God. And I think you, if you experience God as an energy, as a frequency of like, of being in that alignment, it's like God, spirit, source, whatever you define it. I think it is, it's a feeling. It's like once you, you're experiencing it, right? So it's not an intellectual concept. It's, it's something that is felt that it almost feels, it's like unexplainable in a way. Like it's hard, it's hard to actually explain it to other people on a mental way. And so it's actually, that is, opening up our awareness to just to just receive it and listen to it and it's not for me to tell anyone like you have to believe this um but it's just letting those things click in at some point when it does when it does click in or or it doesn't and i think the the hardest thing for me in the past few years is i feel like i have gone through deep spiritual awakenings and moving from the space of really working with athletes to working with more people that even resonate with the language and the way that I talk about things because, um, yeah, just in some of the work that I've done and what I've experienced. And then when I look at my human design, which is another thing, it's based on the astrology when you're born. So basically all of our wounding, like every, the parents that we have are, we have on purpose and our path is kind of pre-planned if, if, if we're just going to go there, right? Imagine that our path is pre-planned before we're even born because consciousness wants to learn. It's like, it wants to gain this wisdom. And so every person has specific unique challenges that we are meant to overcome and open up to. And when I look at my human design, which is a specific energy, I'm a projector and I have three, six lines, which basically means that I am here to bring wisdom of the new world into now. And this is my biggest overcoming in business is letting that expression come through because for a while I'm like, I can't like bring this into the world because people are going to think that I've lost. They're going to make fun of me. Mind, right? And now what I'm experiencing, the more I open up to it, it's like, it all makes sense. Like sometimes I feel like I'm experiencing life, like multiple timelines. It's like, 
I've already done this before. I've already guided people through these things. Like I, I am an old soul that already has all of this wisdom. And you realize that it timeline is like timing is only real in this dimension. In the 3D dimension, we look at linear time. <laughs> I knew I could get you started and now you, you, you get me to glaze over even harder than, than I already was. And it'll click, right? It'll click okay. maybe next month or whenever. But what you okay. realize is when you shift your frequency, right? When you shift to your being, your embodiment, and you're operating, you're not operating from logic anymore. You're operating from what you experience, like the wisdom of your body. When we can let go and things happen and we're moving to higher frequencies, which means we don't have to connect to this like linear timeline, like you could literally decide if you decided today that I am just going to be the embodiment of the million dollar business owner, or I decide today that I'm going to create 50K months in my business, who would I be in terms of my frequency first? And frequency allows us, this, this is what is going to solve all of the world's problems is looking at things from a different consciousness from a different frequency. It's Albert Einstein's quote, we can't solve problems from the same level of consciousness that created them, right? So it's mm. this idea when we're stuck in an emotion, we are stuck in a lower density density energy. And that's how the, the world has been operating from fear, from lack, from limitation, from anger, from frustration. So it's like, if someone says something to me, and it triggers me, in our world, we're like, well, fuck you. You made me feel this way. <laughs> and we can't. Oh, yeah. I stopped with that. I stopped with the you made me feel this way. I, I cut. I don't know if that was from you or not, but I cut that out. I just started going like, that happened and now I feel this way. But nobody right. makes me feel anything anymore. And we can look at it and say, this is, this is bringing up something within me. We yeah. can start to process and move through that. When we've cleared that energy from our body, we become lighter, right? We, yeah. we raise in our frequency. So now it's like certain things will happen to me. And I, like last week, I was in my bed crying. Pro there, If I explain what happened with my family, there was just this triggering, this dark energy that was coming from my cousins, literally writing on my Instagram, fuck you, go, go get a real job, right? Right. And it's like, this was here to actually trigger me because that energy was within my body. And so there was a part of me resonating with that. So to just allow myself, I don't have to understand it. I don't have to fight it. I can just open up to feeling this and seeing like I was releasing these deep patterns that have carried throughout my family. And once I can yeah. let it go, now my body becomes lighter. I have such a different frequency and a different perspective of why that happened. And the thing is that all of us on this planet are deeply connected, right? So we're, while this somatic work is coming into play, you're hearing more and more about nervous system regulation and somatics. It's really representing us doing the inner work to clear out these lower densities as we shift to a higher frequency, which means that there the veil is becoming thinner to like, this is what I want. And instead of I have to push force and work really hard to get it, I can just decide to become the person that is on that frequency. And if I move through my life taking those actions, then I can bring in the things I want to create with more ease, with more joy from this place of of lightness. So I don't remember the first question you asked. Me. Oh, no. See, yeah. It doesn't matter anymore because now I have one last question and it's just I want to be selfish at the end of it, actually, just based off, off of all of you said. So, you know, we, we October uh, 2022, we did that first podcast. We worked together for six months. Um, how do I seem different to you? Like, how's my energy different from from when we first sort of re-got to know each other or or actually got to know each other for the first time. What what do you think, coach? How am I doing? 
Um, yeah, it feels more grounded. It feels, yeah, you just feel like calmer. You feel calmer and more grounded. And I, you know, I know we haven't connected so much in the in-between, but what I can imagine is that you are embracing more of who you are. And as this masculine, it's like you're, you're integrating the feminine and the masculine so that you can just be that grounded presence for, for your wife, for your clients, for the podcast interviews. So yeah, it just feels more of a integrated energy. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. I was just, that was a final test, uh, you know, to see if you could actually, uh, pierce the veil, even through our lack of communication, you're right at, at some moments. No, I mean, I, um, I think all of that is, is true. It's, um, and I was reflecting on where I am right now. And like I said, like it's, 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 it's been a dramatic and, and, and positive, um, shift for me. But the weird thing about it is, or maybe the not weird thing about it is I feel more myself than I ever did before. And I, I had this epiphany just over the, the weekend where, I, um, was thinking like there was always a part of me that believed that I could be who I am right now. Right. And then, but I was like feeling all this sort of, or perceiving all this, uh, confounding evidence that was sort of like, well, no, you, you can't be that. You can't, you can't. And now I'm like, uh. Uh, I'm like my favorite child children's book. You know, I've got a 10 year old and a, and a five year old. So I've read this book a lot of times. Um, the little engine that could, you know, I think that a lot of people like they probably know a lot of pieces of that book, but the part that always moves me to tears is, you know, little engine that could for, for, for people who don't remember the story, you know, she's never been over the mountain. She's never carried anything over the mountain and she's, she's coming down the other side and she's dropped off all the toys so all the children can have a wonderful day. And the last piece of the book is she just puff, puff down the mountain and says, I thought I could, I thought I could, I thought I could, you know, and um, that's where I am right now. Uh, I thought I could. I always thought I could. Yeah. But um, then there were a lot of moments where I doubted that that, that was actually going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's so powerful. And it's also just like opening up to like witnessing who you really are. But this is almost just the starting point. And it's really like, I I think what it is, is we're, we're actually just afraid of our own power when we and I think I've expressed that to you before there's this like we we start to witness the power that we hold and it's the frequency that we carry and it's our mind wants to limit us in that our it's our ego that's getting in the way it's like what are what are all the limitations that the mind creates to kind of suppress the power that lives in the in the body it's like it wants to come through but then all the self doubt is it's the programming and the conditioning and the beliefs and the things that we've taken on from childhood, from past lifetimes, from our upbringing traumas, like all of that creates these energetic blockages and the patterns that tell us like, no, you're not that. And it's none of it's true. (laughs) All right. I want to bring this to a close um, because we, we, you're right. We opened up a whole nother topic, which we could, but um, I want to live in alignment in my life and I'm going to go for a swim this afternoon. You've facilitated me going for a swim. As I said, I'm so excited for the swim meet. So literally every time I go to practice, I'm like, I can't wait to get over there and just like practice, um, which is probably why it's working. Uh, but before we go, give you the opportunity, plug anything you want to plug, send people who are listening to this or maybe hearing from you for the first time um, or the second time, uh, tell them where, where you'd like them to go. Yeah. Um, well, Instagram's the best place if you want to just experience my work through my content. And, um, and that, that's at Nikki Cat Coaching. Nikki right? Cat Coaching. Yeah. Two K's and, and an I at the two end. Two K's and an I. And yeah, 
Right now, I'm just working with entrepreneurs one-on-one, but um, I'll have some other offerings coming this year. So cool. just drop in and say hi. And I'm Christy underscore coach. You can go swimbriefpodcast at Gmail, or you can contact me on my website, christycoach.com. Nikki, thank you so much. It's been a blast. Thanks for We shall do this again. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and no, ter- just totally weird. <laughs> Yeah, well, maybe if we see each other when I'm down in Florida in March, like, you know, we'll, we'll, we should just take a photo. I feel like we need to do like, because you, you've done this a couple times, the physical before and after of, um, of become, as you said, put it, becoming more in alignment with yourself is, is pretty dramatic. Um, and so we can take a photo of our former, uh, grinding coach selves and then how, how we, uh, how we look in public now. Um, but anyway, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for listening and, uh, I'll see you again soon.